You're listening to the Holistic Spaces podcast with Angie Cho, episode 41, Yin and Yang with Barry Gordon. Welcome to the Holistic Spaces podcast, where we hope to inspire, educate, and empower you to create your own holistic spaces that nurture and resonate with you. Angie Cho and Laura Morris are the founders of the Mindful Design Feng Shui School. Together, they have over three decades of experience designing harmonious living spaces. Laura and Angie have guided thousands of people to shift their energy and revitalize their lives. Mindful Design School offers feng shui courses and certifications. Check us out at mindfuldesignschool.com. If you've been listening to us for a while or you're a newbie, welcome. And we hope you enjoy this earlier episode. So this episode, we'll be speaking to Barry Gordon, who is one of my feng shui mentors. Barry Gordon received his degree in physics and then became a career naval diving officer. During his three tours in Vietnam, he had a near-death experience which changed the course of his life. In 1970, he left the Navy and went to live in India for two years where he lived on an ashram. He meditated extensively, became a vegetarian, learned yoga, tended an elephant, and learned how to heal his post-traumatic stress disorders. When he returned to the States, Barry continued his meditations and eclectic spiritual studies. In 1983, he had the good fortune to meet feng shui grandmaster Professor Lin Yun, who is the founder of BTB Feng Shui. Barry was immediately impressed by how Professor Lin could channel ancient spiritual teachings into practical solutions for helping people to heal the problems in their modern lives. Barry devoted himself to studying with Professor Lin for seven years. Then Professor Lin asked Barry to teach feng shui classes at UC, um, or UCSF, USF, sorry, University of San Francisco. In 1992, Professor Lin asked Barry to be one of three founders and teachers of his BTB Feng Shui Master's training program, which I'm a graduate of. And this eminent school, which is wonderful, is now in its 20th year. Um, It offers a three-year Feng Shui certification program and is now the only state-certified Feng Shui training in the U.S. So I'm really excited to have Barry. He's such a wealth of knowledge and really looks at feng shui energetically and um, he really um, does a great job at explaining the philosophy and the spiritual spiritual concepts that are related to feng shui. For example, yin and yang, which we talk about in this episode. And be sure to um, stay tuned in October around Halloween. We're going to... Um, we're going to air another interview that we had with Barry where we talked about uh, we talk about ghosts and entities. So that'll be really fun. So um, without further ado, here is my interview with Barry Gordon where we talk about yin and yang. Hi, Barry. Thank you so much for joining us today. Well, yeah, hey, you're welcome. <laughs> um, it's really a pleasure to be here, Angie. Thanks, Barry. Um, so, Barry, I'm really looking forward to having you talk to the listeners about yin and yang because um having as as your student i think that you have a really skillful way in talking about the philosophy of yin and yang and i think it's even though it seems like a simple concept i think a lot of people have trouble with it and there's so much to learn 
from um, the concept of yin and yang. So can you start by just giving us a brief overview? What is all, what's yin and what's yang and what's all this yin yang business about? Okay, sure. Um, so I'm doing this. Some of the way I understand yin and yang actually comes from my physics background. Okay, so the there actually is no yin and yang. They don't exist. They're concepts. Mm-hmm. They're, but the uh, objects and energies that we uh, give the the tag or. or or title to as, as yin and yang, that's a way to understand those kinds of energies or objects in relation to each other. So there's no yin and there's no yang, but there is yin and yang as a combination. You can't have them separately. There's a lot of misunderstanding, I think, sometimes when someone says that, oh, a refrigerator is yin or a stove is yang, let's say, mm-hmm. um, well, that's not possible. You you have to define what the opposite yang or yin is. So, like, if you look at water in feng shui, water can be either yin or yang. If it's a pond, then it's still. And the the um, banks of the pond, the, the, ba- the, the ground of the pond is holding the water up. And containing it, that's more yang. So, in in a pond, the still water would be yin, and the land around it would be yang. Whereas, if you have a stream with running water, well, that's more yang than the land. Mm-hmm. So now the running stream is yang, and the land is yin in comparison to each other, not as an absolute in any way. So they so, exist each. So yin only exists. With yang, when in relationship to yang and yang exists in relationship to yin, just like dark and there's no um, darkness if there was no light. Right? Exactly, right, right. And so there, there, there are definitions that help us understand the relationship between things, and that relationship is constantly changing. So another way to look at this is through uh, numbers, through mathematics. See, um, there's a kind of mathematics called binary mathematics in which instead of having 10 numbers, we only have two, zero and one. And so we can build a number system just with zero and one. Instead of going one, two, three, four, it would go zero, one, and then comma, zero, comma, one, comma, and then zero, one, comma, and then one, zero, comma, and then one, one. So then you can keep going with that. And that's how a computer operates, okay? Mm -hmm. It operates on those two numbers where zero is off and one is on. So you could also think of yin and yang as zero and one, yin being zero, one being yang. And you can think of the zero as death and the one as life. So that's the two most basic definitions of yin and yang, off and on and death and life. Mm-hmm. Okay, so if you think about that, death is cold. Yes. <laughs> and life is hot, right? Right, like our bodies are warm when we're living and our bodies are cold when we're, when we're, died, when we're dead. Right, death is more chaos 
death tends to more to the chaos side. Life is more structured. Life is actually the process of structuring uh, the material of death back into something that's mm. uh, coherent. Okay, so so yin then. Uh, I don't like to use masculine and feminine because that's much misused. So yin is cold and sinking. Um, it it sucks you in. Um, it takes energy away. Uh, it's the winter, you know. Whereas yang is expansive. Yin is contractive. Yang is expansive, and it's hot, and it's moving, and. Um, it gives life. It, it it creates structure. It's very creative. Where yin is in, in relation to to creating something, yin would take it apart because yin is death. Mm. Okay. okay. So, if we the, the the best expression of these that I've ever seen is the tai chi symbol. Yes, I love your explanation of the tai chi symbol. Can you share that with us? Yeah. The Tai Chi symbol is is um, a fractal equation. So fractally, it's a it's graphically expressed fractal equation. So fractal equations express the process of reiterating um, uh, functions. So the, a fractal equation like keeps repeating itself and producing an output. And that output might look different each time it comes out, but if you look closely, you'll see the pattern in it. So, so the Tai Chi is actually a graphical expression of a pattern that defines how life evolves. It's the most simple and elegant equation for life. And if we look at it, you'll see that it's made up of a teardrop that's white and a teardrop that's black. The white teardrop is yang. The black teardrop is yin. Inside those teardrops, each one has a little circle of the opposite color. So the black has a white dot that represents the yang within the yin, and the white dot has black, which represents the yin. The <coughs> the yin within the yang. So that's what people usually see when they look at it and neglect that there's actually a circle around the outside. So these two, these four symbols, the, the two teardrops and the two dots, they're contained within a circle. So that means that yin and yang only exist in a closed system, a system in which um, there's a subject and object. They don't exist in actuality in the Tao. The circle represents the Tao, which is undifferentiated energy. It's also, in the physics, it's called the zero-point energy. Um, it's called prana. It's called shakti. It's called chi. It's called mana. All these different languages have words for this undifferentiated base energy that the universe manifests out of. So, the circle around the the four symbols, that is the boundary that in, 
which creates a differentiation from the unknown to the known, from the chaotic to the structured. That's the boundary. So that's the earth phase in Chinese medicine, in Chinese philosophy. That's the earth phase or earth element. It's the most important part of the Tai Chi symbol. The Tai Chi symbol cannot exist without that circle. Mm-hmm. Within that circle, now we have a closed system where the yin and yang are embraced in a in a dance. We it's, should make an we should make an animated gif of that the symbol like spinning around to show that dance. I don't yeah. even know how to I don't know how to do that though. <laughs> well, you can probably do it in one of these three D animation programs, you know. But yeah. I've I've never really played with them. I'm sure it's possible. Um, well, actually, you know. There's that movie uh, um, the, about the panda. What's it called? Um, oh, Kung Fu Panda. Kung Fu Panda. The third one has um, uh, animation of chi. You can set, it's one of the best animations I've ever seen that where you can actually understand how the chi is moving and what the, what, what the chi is. You know the level of the chi. So, so this a yin and yang symbol. This it actually exists at the level of the energy, the chi, coagulating, cohering, coming into resonance, and creating something that's got a subject and an object. The subject is always us. It's our mind. It's our our sense of self. So this is the most basic level, our sense of self. And that sense of self then differentiates itself from the objects that come into its consciousness. Before that, when it was the Tao, it was just awareness, pure awareness, no differentiation. Once the Tai Chi symbol appears, now there's differentiation, there's I and thou, there's this and that. And that occurs both between my subject, my object, I mean, my subject and an object, but between the objects themselves, we then start to differentiate objects that are yin and objects that are yang from each other. Now, and that that process allows us to create like a science. Feng Shui is actually a science. So is Chinese medicine. But it's based on the Tao and yin and yang and the five elements that are created by the yin and yang. So, so that gives us a, like a, a method that we can use to understand what's going on in our environment and then manipulate, manipulate those energies to make them more harmonious and work better with uh, ourselves and our clients. Yeah, now, can you talk about that, how like the yin and yang, uh, how yin and yang work, um, supports feng shui and, and helps us to... Um like you, how to manifest this in our spaces, or tell us more, or give us ways to work with our spaces. Well, I usually work with yin and yang on the level of the five phases of five elements um, uh, in feng shui. So each element, because so each element, which we've got. So for the listeners, if you look at our previous episodes, um, we've talked about all the five elements, and there's a lot of information on the web on holisticspaces.com about the five elements but each element has a yin and a yang aspect right that's right and each one 
they have both, for example, fire is yang, whereas water is yin in, in that relationship, right? And mm-hmm. w- wood and metal, so the wood is yang and the metal is yin, but within each of those, there's also, it's opposite because you can't have a yin without a yang. So there could be a big fire or a small fire. So the small fire the, the the big fire could be yang and the small fire could be yin. But when the fire first starts, it would be yang because it's it's commencing. Okay, so it's it's a little complicated. It's something you really have to study and learn to be able yes. to understand this. Um, you can balance a space just based on yin and yang. Just you know, create some kind of balance between the the. Uh, colder, stocker, um, darker elements in a home with the brighter, lighter, more energizing elements in a home. And if you balance that about um, two-thirds active and one-third inactive, then that's a good balance of yin and yang. And the people will feel more comfortable in their home. Right, because but, a more yin atmosphere would be, for instance, like a cemetery or ho- or homes for the d- the dead, the, the deceased, right? The non-living. That, yeah, or, that would or, be more yin. Right, or a really dark house, you know, um, or a cold Nobody house. Nobody likes that. <laughs> Nobody right. likes a dark, cold house. Right. So, so you can just work on the level of yin and yang, and um, and you do need to understand how they work together to to practice feng shui. Um, but right, it's, like it's, even well, let me ask one more thing. Like even a super minimalist home can sometimes be considered too yin, right? There's not enough life, and there's, there's right, no, right, there's no, right. no comfort there. It's it, there's no warmth, and there's no life energy. Right. So, so that's good because there's all the different levels. Let's say the minimalist home is painted um, stark white, and and the it has big windows, so that's a very cutting energy. So that's too young. Mm-hmm. No, too young. Right, and, and oh, well, too you see, no, see, now it's too young. So mm-hmm. I know metal is yin, but when you have that stark white and big windows, there's actually too much light, mm-hmm. and and the light can be harsh. And cutting, you know, mm-hmm. and it makes you squint. So, so it's the yangness of the light that makes you squint, which is yin. So your reaction to the yangness is to become more yin. Yeah, kind of like when you're out, like on a really snowy day, if you're out in the, maybe out with all the snow and it's so blind, the reflection on the, the snow is so bright, blinding. Right. So the snow is really, the, that light is too yang, and so you make yourself more yin to accommodate to that too much yang. Mm, by squinting your eyes. By squinting your eyes, right. So it's really that simple. So so a minimalist space, you know, could, could both from that viewpoint and just the viewpoint of being, feeling dead, you know, not, not having life energy in it, um, that's too yin. Right, not enough life energy. Uh, people will never be comfortable there. Mm. Architects like it. 
oh wait, you're an architect. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I think there's a there's a real fine line there because um, I mean, I've been to I homes where it's just like the kitchen is like um, glossy white and very hard, and there's not a single thing out, and then it's just like a showroom. There's no, there's no, um, the whole house is like, there's nothing personal in it. No pictures. There's no, uh, uh-huh. flowers. There's no, uh, it's just a hard service. And it's also echoey. There's no soft right. services. And that can be that for a lot of people, depending on, I mean, I, I, someone might feel comfortable there. Right. But it, to me, that's a little too, it's not enough. It's not comfortable. There's not enough life energy. Well, that's a really good statement there, Angie, because someone could be comfortable there based on their chi, right? Mm-hmm. So when you're doing a feng shui consultation, you have to think about whether the person actually feels better in a more yin or a yang space. Mm-hmm. Because the purpose of the feng shui is to raise their chi. But generally, someone who's more comfortable in a more stark space is not in touch with their feelings Mm. and is not in touch with life. That's usually an issue. Yeah, that's something for people, because people get so obsessed with with being minimal. I mean, I... But for the most part, when most of the time when I go to people's homes, they... um, it's okay. I mean, they're minimal to, and it's, it's okay, but there's only been a couple instances where it's been so stark. Well, there's different kinds of minimal. If you go to a, a Zen temple, it's very minimal, right? Mm-hmm. But it doesn't feel stark. It's got lots of energy. There's a lot of yes. use of different, different materials. Even though it's minimal, the, the different materials and the energy of the practices in that place make it feel really good and, and, um, uplifting, you know? Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, so how does, how else can we, uh, or what can we learn from the philosophy of yin and yang in our, in our lives and in our homes? Well, now you're asking me a very deep question. So, <laughs> Or what have you? What, how has it benefited you? Well, I make money doing feng shui, so it's benefit <laughs> that way. Uh, um, well, you know, so if you're looking at it f- philosophically and spiritually, mm-hmm. it, it makes it really clear that whether you look at it from a Taoist point of view or Buddhist point of view, um, that we don't exist. Right. So there's like it circles back to what you said in the beginning of the conversation where yin and yang don't exist. It's they like don't. even though yeah, we mm-hmm. have this duality where there's this is yin and this is yang or this is more yin and this is more yang, but in reality not it doesn't exist like the Heart Sutra, right? It's like exactly like the Heart Sutra. And how does that help you in your life? Once you experience that you have no solid self, in other words, the yin and yang while they're acting out a story that's not really who you are once you experience that then you can develop a heart of compassion so because when you experience that the yin and yang have this dance they're playing out and it doesn't need to have conscious direction that that people are 
acting out the yin and yang and the five elements within themselves um, without consciously directing the show. They're just living out their conditioning. Once you understand that, you both develop the wisdom and compassion to be able to accept all of life um, as suchness, as as it is. Right, and the more I think, the more you think about yin, yin and yang and the five elements, and look at those philosophies, you can, like you said, you can start seeing that they're not set in stone. They're always moving. They're dependent on on other things. So nothing. So nothing is solid and nothing is set in stone and nothing is um, inflexible, right? And they const- con- those, those concepts are constantly moving and changing. Exactly. And, and our, um, our activity of who we are as a person is really based on just the interplay of all those different elements and... It, you know, even in science now, we know that those elements are working themselves out um, in your brain. Your brain is actually making decisions for you about five or six microseconds before your conscious mind is aware of it. So that means that for a lot of what you're doing, maybe most, you're the observer of it after it's been decided. It's It's being acted out and you're watching it rather than you choosing to act out that way. So, and that's because we have this whole underlying structure of yin and yang and the five elements creating a story. Remember, they're just abstract symbols, and those abstract symbols contain all of the different elements in the universe within them, differentiated into yin and yang and the five elements. So, all that's acting out based on the principles that the yin and yang and the five elements can interact with each other with. Okay? And so once you really get that, you know that, first of all, you, actually you're not guilty. Um, you haven't done anything wrong. Um, it, it wasn't you that was doing it. And so that's like a great relaxation. Mm-hmm. You can and, give yourself a break or... Yeah, yeah. Right. And then when you really look at it, you'll see that, well, everybody else is the same way. They're just like me. So you can give them a break too. Yeah. And then we then that's when that compass, compassion starts to manifest and develop. Mm-hmm. Compassion for yourself and then compassion for... All, all sentient beings and all everyone else, and even your parents. <laughs> even your parents, <laughs> right? <laughs> no, I love my parents. Um, well, thank you so much, Barry, for um, sharing your knowledge with us and your expertise with us about this, because it's a really deep and complicated subject. And you know, you only scratch the surface there, but I think right. um, it's. I think it's really helpful for people to know where this comes from and where feng shui comes from and, and how it can affect us. And to kind of, if people are more interested in feng shui, maybe they can start looking at the philosophy behind it and, and, and start to work with that in their lives. I think it's really important. Mm-hmm. It is. Feng, feng shui is like the gateway to all this other knowledge, I think, mm-hmm. for me. Well, thank you so much. And um, for the listeners, we're going to, uh, well, 
We'll be sure to post an image of the yin yang symbol on the website and also information on how do you find Barry. And so thank you so much, Barry. Thank you so much for listening to this earlier episode of the Holistic Spaces podcast. Now you can tune in every Monday for a new podcast episode. If you like our podcast and this episode, please share the podcast with others. Subscribe and even better, leave a review. If you'd like to explore the world of holistic spaces and feng shui on an even deeper level, please visit our website, online store, and blog for more information about feng shui and holistic living. You can visit holisticspaces.com. Support the podcast by checking out our certification and mini courses at mindfuldesignschool.com. Thank you so much for listening. See you next week.